Welcome back to Atypical Talk. This is a podcast where we have conversations that illuminate the intersection of faith, culture, and the common spaces of our humanity. I'm Abby. I'm Allison. And I'm Joel. And we are back for season two of the podcast. We're really excited for where we're headed in this season. Last season was lots of fun, a great kickoff. But uh, we're jumping back in with the question, what is one book you think everyone should read and one book you wish never existed? And you can't include the Bible for either answer. Oh, that'd be really interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is hard because one, like as far as books that I wish never existed, I couldn't think of anything because I felt like, and this is going to sound probably like a very cheesy answer, but like, I feel like you learn something from everything you read. So like, even if it sucks or I didn't like it, like, that's okay. So I don't have to like everything, and everybody has a different personal well, preference. You heard it so. here first. Allison Brantley is okay with Mein Kampf from Adolf Hitler. She thought that you can learn a lot of good things I've, from it. I have never you heard read it, it here first. Oh my god! And this well, is how also, this is also the last it. the last episode of the podcast because we you are canceled forever. Learn from everything. I mean, you probably could learn how not to do things. Okay, there is that. There is that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Could you think of one you wish never existed? besides that this was (laughs) this was in high school abby so like i was mad about any book i had to read pretty much but the scarlet letter nathaniel hawthorne i hated that book book. i was so mad reading it and like i just i didn't get like the the um themes and yeah the themes and like i don't i just remember like it was really weird because her baby was like it almost described it like a demon. Like it was weird. It was it a weird, weird book, and I just did not like it. And oh, but I was it talks about also just you know rebellious and there it is. mad that my mom made me read it for high school. <laughs> well, so oh yeah. yeah, but it discusses themes of like shame and public yeah. shaming. Mm-hmm. And oh man, there's some good themes in yeah. there. You should try it again. Try to get yeah. it as an adult, Abby. <laughs> I bet you She's get like, something yeah. from no. <laughs> Mine was really easy. I just initially went to a book in a book series that I read when I was like, you know, probably sixth grade to like eighth grade. Um, the Left Behind books. Uh, yeah. I wish that those books had never, ever existed. Right. You know, I think like looking back on it, like, you know, me being young and always being attracted to things from Christianity and the Bible. Like I was like, oh, this is fun. It's like a, a thriller. But like it just stoked so much fear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. honestly, what I believe now to be a really destructive understanding of how the end times are going to be, which are mm-hmm. just just led me to so much fear to where like one Saturday morning I was reading like the second or third book and my parents weren't downstairs and I was the only one home and there was like laundry that was half oh, no. folded no. that I was thinking like, oh my gosh, my parents just got raptured. Yeah. I was I'm panicking. Yeah. I started calling my grandparents oh. and they weren't picking up. I like It was like a traumatic yeah. Yeah. thing, right? And I just think that that book series overall did a lot of, a lot of damage yeah. and taught some things that are probably... Definitely not where I fall theologically right. today, and yeah. I think it led to yeah. some destruction there. But as far as like a book that I loved that I wish everyone would read, it was actually one of those books I had to read in school. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget what year it was, probably freshman or sophomore year, but reading To Kill a Mar- Mockingbird okay. by Harper Lee. Um, man, it just like struck me. Uh, some of the themes of prejudice and doing the right thing in the face of opposition and um, just family and empathy and learning about the other. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think that book shaped me in some really profound ways. A couple years ago, right before COVID, they, um, they made a Broadway show of it, uh, to kill a mockingbird. It was actually written the screenplay 
by uh, Aaron Sorkin, who's my favorite screenwriter oh. and everything. I'm like, oh man, one of these days I gotta go see the play yeah. of To Kill a Mockingbird. Uh, but that's a book I wish everybody would read. I just mm -hmm. learned so much from it. I think it shaped me in a yeah, lot of ways. I love that. Uh, mine is not as deep. It's more whimsical, but um, there's, or winsome, I don't know the right word, but um, there's a book called Love Does by Bob Goff. I think I may have even mentioned it in here before. I don't know, but um, it's a super easy read, but it literally changed the way that I look at people, how I love them, why I do things, um, not out of obligation, but out of love. And um it may not be like super earth shattering to everyone or super deep to others, but um, it definitely changed my life. And just um, when I started living, like love is a action verb and doing things. So anyways, that, that was mine. What about you, Miss Abby? Yeah, mine's not anywhere near deep as either of yours. <laughs> the it, pokey little puppy? No, uh, <laughs> no not quite that shallow. But uh, it's The Hobbit. It's one uh, of my favorite books, yeah. and I just love uh, any time that I pick it up, because I'll, I'll read it, you know, every couple years just to, you know, refresh my memory and stuff on it. But it always, like, gives me this sense of, like, childhood adventure mm -hmm. and wonder and stuff. And it, I think it's a great book to bring you back to that. Uh, yeah. yeah, 200 so pages really... of a book that Peter Jackson turned into 10 hours of a movie <laughs> yeah. series, right? Mm -hmm. but, uh, but, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> and you know, journey. I've not yeah. read yeah. it or watched it, either one. So. Yeah. Well, no one's perfect. But, uh, honestly, <laughs> that's me. <laughs> So our first topic today is about uh, Kirk Cameron, who was in the Left Behind movies. Um, he is responding to the cries of parents who feel bullied and is headed to more public libraries. This is a Yahoo News article by Maureen Mackey. Kirk Cameron is going on a book tour for his new children's book, As You Grow. The book is an illustrated children's book that shares the story of an oak tree throughout its seasons of life. The story encourages children to develop and share the virtues of patience, joy, kindness, compassion, self-control, and other biblical values. His problem now is that he can't find libraries to host his tour. Cameron says that so many people have reached out asking him to come to their city, but public libraries either denied his request to hold story hours or never responded to his book publisher's request to hold book-based events there. He says there are millions of Christians, parents, patriots, and concerned Americans who realize that we're in a battle for the hearts and minds of our children, and we're going to take them back one story hour at a time, if that's what it takes. So... What do you think about him saying that we are in a battle for children's minds and hearts and everything that he's saying here in this article? I know this is a podcast, but uh, hashtag eye roll. <laughs> <laughs> really what I feel towards this whole posture and come on, man. Like, uh, this is just so fear driven. It's so defensive. It's so counter to like self-giving love and a sacrificial witness in our culture. Um, yeah, our, our American culture is more secularized than it was 10, 15, 20 years ago. But mind you, you look back at church history and the message of Jesus spread more when we were a persecuted minority than ever when we were a majority holding political power or when we were pushing our thumb down on other people. Um, and I just, I think that this is just a, 
an example in a long list of things that yes are changing and we're not doing anybody any favors we're not standing up for jesus um jesus is does doesn't need that he doesn't need (laughs) us to defend him i think he's doing okay on his own um and i just get so frustrated by this posture um that being said i mean I, i think it is important to empathize and meet people and parents and where they are with, yes, things are changing. Mm-hmm. Yes, there are things in the public square that were very, very common 10, 15 years ago that are not going to be in the public square anymore. But I, I would try to gently point us back to like, whose responsibility is it for us mm-hmm. to raise, if you're a person of faith, to raise them in faith? Is it your government is—is is it this public school? Is it Kurt Cameron? Is it yeah, some <laughs> wannabe has-been movie star? Sorry, I love growing pains, but that's a long time ago. Um, I mean, whose responsibility is it? It's almost like there are—and I'm trying—I I have a lot of energy behind this, so grace umbrella. But it's almost like we want government-funded things to teach our kids Christianity, but we're also angry about the way that they will or won't do it. And I think the responsibility is on us as parents Mm -hmm. to raise our kids in the way that we want them to be raised. Mm -hmm. And you know what? If you don't like the way it's being done in a public school, there are other options. And maybe you should consider those Mm -hmm. instead of this fear-mongering, we need to take our country back Mm -hmm. kind of attitude. Um, Pastor and author Andy Stanley says something that's, I think it's very profound that always rings in my mind when I think of these kind of conversations. He said that the the people of God always look more like Jesus when we're fighting for others' rights than when we're trying to cling to our own. Mm -hmm. And this just feels so defensive. I think a watching world that don't even believe Jesus was who he says he was, death, resurrection, that whole thing in the Bible. But they're like, seriously, guys, you Mm -hmm. know, and I think Mm -hmm. there are other actual persecuted brothers and sisters of, of Christ in the world that would just be like face palming this and being like, what are you talking yeah. about? Like mm-hmm. you can pray, you know, you can pray, you can read your Bible. No one's checking your government issued ID mm-hmm. for your religious status. Um, and so Kurt Cameron, respectfully, sir, um, you know, maybe just do your book readings in churches that will bring yeah. you in yeah. or hold some other kind of thing. Um, I think that you're not doing anybody any favors outside mm-hmm. of building more outrage and fear. And um, I just wish that this would go away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I was thinking. Like, do I want my kids to have the fruit of the spirit to be patient, you know, to have mm-hmm. self-control, all the things that he's talking about in this book, I guess, but obviously, but like, I don't need to go to a library story time <laughs> to be able to teach them that, especially when like, when I think, you know, and this is kind of the cynical part of my brain too, but I'm like, what's his actual goal? Like he's mm-hmm. selling this book, <laughs> you know? So yes, I think, you know, he wants to get his message out, but at the same time, like you you have another agenda. You're, mm-hmm. you're also hawking this book, you know? So I can check it out at my public library for free if I want to and read it to my yeah. kids at home. You know, that's the other thing. So. I don't know, having, you know, something that you believe in super strongly, having a message that you, you know, back, I'm all for that. But also in this article, like he calls people a woke mafia when they don't agree with him. And I'm like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. And you wonder why there would be certain public institutions that might not want to align with him. I mean, he was hyper partisan in the 2020 election. I mean, publicly backing, supporting, Mm -hmm. encouraging people to vote for 
President Trump and no matter who you vote yeah. for, but if you're holding any kind of spiritual authority and you're telling people this is what you should do, yeah. you lose a ton of credibility mm-hmm. and you you paint yourself into a corner that I think he's probably experiencing some of the results of that mm-hmm. and reaping what he sowed yeah. inside of that. And again, it just goes back to what you said, like whose responsibility yeah. is it? You know, it's, it's our families and the mm-hmm. families that attend uh, local congregations and gatherings and communities, but to put it all on a public school system mm-hmm. and it, at, that time has passed. Yeah. And I actually think we have a better opportunity to be salt and light. We have a better opportunity to shine when we're not the ones holding all the power. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I can understand why that's, that can be scary. I just think it's a bit more, it's, it's a potent opportunity yeah. um, to respond. But man, the, the language of we are in a battle mm-hmm. for the hearts and minds of our children is so fear yeah. mongering. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, that's going to get people riled up because yeah. I want my heart and the mind of my children mm-hmm. right. to be set straight as well. And I don't want them to be um, co-opted by mm-hmm. any kind of agenda. Frankly, I don't want my kids to be co-opted by this kind of an it, agenda, yeah. which yeah. is sad because I probably agree with 99 to 100% of every word in the book that he wrote. Right. But mm-hmm. like the way that he's carrying this mm-hmm. platform and power, yuck. Yeah. yeah. A lot of the language he used was very, it was fear mongering and like very focused on, oh, I'm being persecuted. Mm-hmm. They're not letting me go to those libraries. Yeah. He could just as easily go to churches Anywhere. that would be so happy to have him there. But you don't but, get the media attention. Yeah. Right? Set up exactly. in a public park, you know, I don't know, mm-hmm. anywhere. Yeah, and so that's what really stuck out to me is just, you know, he really focuses on the persecution. It frustrates me when Christians do that because we're not facing near as much persecution as people in other parts of the world. Um, You can find, at least around here, you can find a church on, you know, every other block. They're they're (laughs) all over the place. And so it's we're not being Mm -hmm. silenced like we see everywhere else. And... Jesus actually promised us we would be persecuted. Mm-hmm. There's the other side of it yeah, too. Is yeah. like, even if, even mm-hmm. if, like this is something that we were being persecuted, we were being silenced. There were freedoms that we lost, even in our country, which I love our country for all of its mm-hmm. warts. It's the greatest place in the world to live. I'm so glad that I'm here. But even if we were persecuted, like, where do we get the call from Jesus to like take back the power and mm-hmm. fight? We don't. Jesus promises us in this life you'll have trouble. He tells his disciples in detail that you will be persecuted because of me. And we're supposed to have this posture of self-sacrifice and love and patience and long-suffering through persecution, not fight back. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, that's just, I could go on and on about this. (laughs) But I I totally agree, Abby. I think that it just, it diminishes what actually is going on in other countries Mm -hmm. and it diminishes... Uh, maybe when persecution does come, yeah, mm-hmm. um, people are going to be like, "Oh, the boy that cried wolf," mm-hmm. because you guys were whining about the public libraries. Yeah, thing, yeah, right? yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Eye roll emoji. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Our next article today comes from BBC. It says Walmart cashier retires after TikTok raises one hundred thousand dollars. U.S. veteran and Walmart cashier Warren Marion, 82 years old from Cumberland, Maryland, is able to retire after a GoFundMe that raised $108,000 for his retirement. Rory McCarty, a small business owner with a big following on TikTok, saw a video where someone was able to raise money and help someone retire through TikTok and wanted to bless someone else the same way. 
Marty has a following of 300,000 people on TikTok for his extermination business and decided to put that following to good use. After posting the GoFundMe, the goal was met within a few days. Last week, Mr. Marion had his last day on the job after giving his two weeks notice. Local news media captured the new retiree walking into the Walmart parking lot with balloons and being greeted by the applause of loved ones. Marion says, all I can tell you is the good Lord has blessed me for what I did in my younger years. I love seeing these uh, articles where TikTok does good stuff. <laughs> yeah. TikTok gets ragged on a lot. It really and does. By me. <laughs> yes, by Joel. It really and does. I'll stand by it. God can use terrible things for good. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> yeah. So I love seeing uh, articles yeah. and stories like this where something good comes out of it yeah especially like that uh what was his name warren like he didn't ask anybody to do Mm -hmm. that you know this was just something that guy did which i love like you said um my i just again the cynical part of my brain which i don't know why i'm on that today but anyways (laughs) like i hope he actually enjoys retirement like i know that like everybody their goal is like to retire usually you're just Mm -hmm. working for the end a lot of times but like when I'm that old, I'm going to want to also be able to interact with people and see people and have mm-hmm. a purpose and still be able to do things. So, like, I really hope that he finds enjoyment and isn't, like, sad at home because now yeah. he doesn't have a job. Well, mm-hmm. retirement, you know, it, retirement is not a Christian biblical idea. It's not anywhere in the scriptures. But well, we there don't is know Warren's life. But but what I'm saying <laughs> what I'm saying is like it is idolized a lot, retirement, yeah. and then people sit and am I supposed to literally yeah. just golf and right. drink what am I supposed and to do? Yeah. sit and watch TV? But yeah. like no, that's that's not a, a vision for our lives that we're no. given in the scriptures, even if we're Christians. But I do think like retirement can open you up to re-aiming your energy mm-hmm. and refocusing your energy on passions and things that you love and opening up more time to do things mm-hmm. for others. I mean, there are so many retired people at our church that are just always looking for ways to serve and how they can make a difference and use their mm-hmm. skills that they acquired through their work. Mm-hmm. So. Let's just hope that I really you know, am. That That's Warren's what I'm saying. Got that. They're not just like <laughs> golfing and drinking, you know, yeah. mimosas. All day I, well, long. my bigger fear was that he's just like home alone yeah, and like, yeah. oh. I, don't like mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't like that at all. But uh, no, I love this. Okay. I love the, uh, the thing that I <laughs> the love, idea. and it's mm-hmm. not because of TikTok, let the record show, not because of TikTok. <laughs> but the thing that I'm drawn to in this story is the guy, Rory McCarty, the small business owner with mm-hmm. a big following on TikTok. It's like an exterminator. Yes. Like yeah. he's not like an influencer in that no. way. But what what I love about it is him deciding to use this platform, mm-hmm. this audience, his power, his fame, not for himself, yeah. but for somebody else. Yeah. That it wasn't like this was a contest. No. It was mm-hmm. literally him using his his platform, his influence, his fame, and offering it up to ser- as a service to somebody else. Mm-hmm. I mean, just this won't make sense with the timeline when this is released, but just this month at our church we're walking through the new testament letter of philippians and i just preached on philippians 2 the beginning of that chapter Mm -hmm. which is this beautiful poem that paul either writes or quotes about jesus life and this is one of the beautiful things that jesus does with his power his Mm -hmm. influence his um position you know paul says this jesus who being in the very nature of god did not consider equality with god something to be used to his own advantage rather he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant 
servant, being made in human likeness. And then he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. And so what you see there is Jesus, who has power, has influence, has fame, Mm -hmm. the eternal son of Mm -hmm. God. And what does he do with it? He doesn't point it towards himself. He actually offers it as a servant to us. That's what this dude mm-hmm. did. Yeah. And I think this is where it gets really practical to us, like because we all have some level of a platform, some level of power, influence, whether that's in our resources, our job, our social media, even our TikTok accounts. <laughs> we all have something uh, that you know is powerful. Mm-hmm. And this is a great call from mm-hmm. somebody who runs an exterminator business yeah. Yeah. to like, whatever we have, how are we not doing it to cir- cycle back on us? Mm-hmm but to help others. Yeah. And that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's Jesus stuff right there. Right. right. And so yeah. now that happened on TikTok, it's not because of TikTok, <laughs> but it happened right. and it's beautiful. Yeah. I think that is yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. I love that story. Yeah. So we are going to come back to this topic that we've talked about multiple times before. What are you streaming right now? And then we have a follow-up question after we talk about that. You want to go first? Well, um, <laughs> Mostly right now, um, I'm, you know, bedtimes are hard at our house right now. We have an almost four-year-old and an almost two-year-old. So by the time that the nightly battle of bedtime ends and both of the kids are asleep and we clean up the house and do some laundry, dishes, all that kind of stuff, we we have not had a ton of capacity to watch new things. But... Um, like a, you know, like a comfortable. You back on the jacket. West Wing? Well, I'm always, well, always, I'm always back on the West Wing. But uh, Megan and I, we uh, over break bought the entire Office that we can stream uh-huh. on like Apple TV. So we're just rewatching the Office for the first time in about two years, and we've tried to like fall asleep with it on in the background, and then we'll just like be chuckling, <laughs> like even when we're not watching the TV. So we're we're back on the Office train, and oh. it is so good, the Dunder Mifflin Express, and we just that was a show that Megan and I started watching when we were um, we were dating, like in high school. We would watch this show, and so we grew up with it. Uh, the Jim and Pam, Dwight. Michael, mm-hmm. it's it's the good stuff. So yeah. that's what we're rewatching uh, right now. So we're streaming that right now. Mm-hmm. And what season are you in? Right we're now? in four. Four. Which yeah. man, it's got some classic episodes. Yeah, and yeah. Four is we can't get over how funny it is. Like the joke <laughs> per minute. There's just so much of it. So yeah, yeah. We're about to the dinner the dinner party episode, oh, which is one of so the greatest, cringy. the cringiest, <laughs> best episode ever. Also love that you cannot see us in this room uh, because of the podcast, but I'm literally just sitting here like a big oak because I've never, ever watched one episode of The Office. So. You're so proud of that. Yeah, that and needs we to just, be on it, your two it, yes, list. I, <laughs> You're so proud of it. You're proud of it. And we're just like, you are so, so stupid for not doing this. I mean, yeah, you're probably right. Uh, no, I just actually finished last night. Um Emily in Paris. I had never watched any. There's three seasons out now. Um, I had never watched any of them. She's until, still in Paris. She's still in Man. Paris. End of season three. <laughs> They're already planning season four, and she's mm-hmm. still going to be in Paris. So, uh, so that's what I just finished. It was cute, fun, like yeah. really easy to watch. Some of the episodes are like 30 minutes, so mm-hmm. it doesn't take a whole lot of time. Um, but that was fun. And then my husband and I just finished um, Kaleidoscope. Mm. On Netflix, oh, oh, did you, you watch it already? It? Well, yeah, it's been out for. Uh, I thought a, it was just like bit. a month ago. Well, oh, maybe a month yeah, is a long yeah, yeah. time. Well, I, thought <laughs> like, I thought it was like ten episodes long. Yeah. So. Sorry, oh, yeah. again, we can't it watch is. TV at ours. We're watching like twenty minutes of volume. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was good. That's it's crazy. interesting. Yeah. yeah, if you've not heard of it, that like apparently you can watch it in any, any order, order and it still works. But you know, I don't know. Having watched it now, I'm like. 
I could see where a couple episodes you could reverse and, you know, still be fine. But I don't know. I feel like the way we watched it was the right order. I don't know. I don't know what the right order is. Wrap my head around the the storytelling technique. It's on Netflix. Yeah, Yeah. but doesn't Netflix randomize it for each person? Yeah, Yeah, that's wild So you could watch it and watch it in a different order than what I watched it. But I don't know. That like, blows so my cool. mind. It is. What if it's they're trolling crazy. all of us and there's just one order <laughs> and they're telling they're really, people this? And we, <laughs> yeah. we, because like I didn't write it down. Like I what order we watched? I wrap my head around how they could do this <laughs> yeah, and do yeah. it well. But I am fascinated. It's on my. To, to but watch I didn't list know sure. that. Like when we first started watching oh. it, I didn't know that that was oh, a thing. Yeah. And so we were like three episodes in, and I'm like, "What episode are we on?" And you know, my husband was like, "I think episode three. But at the beginning of each episode, it doesn't say that. Like a normal show, like yeah. episode too episode it's just a color and i'm mm-hmm. like how the heck am i supposed to know and then yeah you know mm-hmm. slow me that's cool found out that yeah <laughs> that's intentional mm-hmm. yeah but yeah, yeah it was good mm-hmm. that's awesome i'm i'm totally in mm-hmm. i just i'm blown away by just the way that they could actually do the storytelling yeah. that way yeah and mm-hmm. like it makes me think too like you'd want to go back and rewatch it because you get a different way. story yeah mm-hmm. if you watch it again it'd be randomized in yeah. a different version yeah oh yeah. man it's amazing that's yeah. cool yeah so just last week uh, Lucas and I started watching the TV show Fargo. Ah. It's I, so good, Abby. I've never, never watched it either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've got to talk just, about it. This, we can't just, do it on the podcast too much <laughs> because we'd be here for a yeah. long time. Amazing. But, like, Season one and yeah. through three are incredible. I had I never watched it. I thought it was on HBO and like we don't pay extra to mm-hmm. have HBO. And then I realized it was on Hulu. And I watch literally anything Martin Freeman is in because he's one of my favorite actors. Who was the main actor in The Hobbit Yes, movies. bring that go. back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was so excited to find out it was on Hulu and started watching it. It is so good. It's about this little town. Well, so far, I don't know how it goes the rest of the series. But so far, it's about this little town, Minnesota. And some murders happen and it's like a murder mystery thing but yeah billy yeah. bob thornton in season one that actor oh my gosh. he's incredible yeah. oh yeah. man sorry <laughs> we got so, so much good. to talk about later yes <laughs> so, good. so i'm super excited to continue it the episodes are just long and so we normally you don't like, get very far yeah, yeah yeah so like if we sit down for dinner we'll watch like a show that's a has a 20 or 30 minute yeah. episode so we don't get as much time to watch those but we're moving along through it slowly and i love it so far and can't wait to finish it so speaking of Hulu, mm-hmm. what you're watching that on, there's another show called Wild Crime. Hmm. It's interesting. We've started watching it, but it's about crimes that happen in national parks. Oh, it's really? just because you think there's someplace, you know, beautiful to go mm-hmm. and hike and visit. People are weird, you guys. Oh, my gosh. It's fascinating. <laughs> okay. Joel's rolling his eyes at me because, you know, I'm all about the crime stuff around just here. So. All the ways to be murdered, Allison knows it all. <laughs> Or to stay alive. Look at it that way. (laughs) So our next question is, what shows or movies are on your to-stream list for 2023? I'm adding that show to my to-stream list because that sounds great. Wild Crime. Yeah. 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 So mine were actually podcasts. They aren't actually shows that Mm -hmm. I want to start listening to. I haven't yet, but they are on my list. Mm -hmm. Um, One is not going to come as a shock to Joel, but it's called Ear Hustle. And it's a podcast that talks about the daily realities of life inside prison shared by people who are living it and those who are like reintegrating back into society after serving time. Mm -hmm. Super fascinating, you guys. And then um, the other one, which is the other side of my personality, is called Drama Queens, which is a One Tree Hill podcast where they... um, 
three stars from the show if you're <laughs> if you're a, a One Tree Hill fan, Brooke, Peyton, and Haley. Um, discuss every episode and talk about like the details you didn't mm-hmm. get to see. So I want to wa- rewatch the series along with the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Joel did, hates everything about. Did me. Office Ladies start that? Start that was the first the one I remember. Yeah, because it had Angela mm-hmm. and Pam from the Office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mm-hmm. wife listened to it for quite mm-hmm. a while. I listened to it for but a while. But the West too, Wing Weekly was even before that. So really? maybe the West oh, Wing okay. Weekly because they had somebody <laughs> yeah. from the show and mm-hmm. uh, a big fan of the show um, go through every West Wing episode as well. Oh, but yeah. there's now there's Pod Meets World. Mm-hmm. People, I know some people are rewatching Boy Meets World, and it's got yeah. a couple people from Gilmore Guy. That's my that was <laughs> my secret passion project was um, to hang out with another fr- another guy friend and we re- we recap the Gilmore Girls and call it the Gilmore Guys. That's my passion project. Nice. That's, it's gonna happen soon. Okay, mm-hmm. hey, Joel. What about your list? For- um, I actually started to make a list because yeah. um, I kept being like, oh, I want to watch that. And then when mm-hmm. I would sit down at the end of the day, I'd be like, I don't have anything to watch. And so I've actually got a list over yeah. these next couple months. I want to stream and. Uh, listen to and watch but one is uh glass onion the new knives out movie mm-hmm. that's on netflix i love the first one um pretty pumped to watch that another as uh, a show on hbo max called white lotus my wife and i really like season one it's like mm-hmm. this weird uh kind of comedy mystery kind of thing in on like a resort thing and it's an anthology so every every season's a whole different group of people in a different oh. country it's kind of funny the first one was but i know that we missed that whole se- second season so we'll watch <laughs> that um i'm currently uh wanting to work through the chosen season three which mm-hmm. is the life of jesus and his disciples um mm-hmm. so watching that um and then um there's a podcast i just stumbled upon a couple weeks ago called the i kid you not podcast um and it's actually a podcast about um how to speak to your children in an age-appropriate way about Mm -hmm. the bible and bible stories and how to engage them where they are and not lead them into a really destructive path Mm -hmm. later Mm -hmm. that you have to deconstruct from and (laughs) go to counseling from (laughs) and you know being a a pastor and having pastor's kids that whole situation i want Mm -hmm. to do as little damage as possible. So I've been listening to that podcast. Meredith Ann Miller is one of the hosts, and she is incredible at um, looking at the Bible with a wide lens and helping people where they are and encouraging them to ask questions. Um, so I love it. So yeah. I've just started that. They did a whole first episode on how to talk to them about creation, and I was just like, this is so good. This is yeah. so good. So trying to force the conversation with Jack. I'm like, I'm not listening at all. I just want to like, practice what I learned. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so for me, uh, Glass Onion is at the top. Um, I absolutely love Knives Out, so I'm really excited to watch that. It'll probably end up being this weekend that we'll watch it, whether or not Lucas wants to. I might just watch <laughs> it by myself. Sometimes you gotta. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, another one, it's brand new, but um, The Last of Us TV show that just started, what was it, Sunday was the first episode came out? Yeah, so it's based on the video game The Last of Us. Oh. Yeah, and... Um, I am desperately trying to find somewhere that is selling the video game because I want to play the game before I watch the show, oh. but it is out of stock everywhere. Pod friends, oh. help us out. Yes. <laughs> Who needs this video game? Yes. Uh, before the weekend. Call uh. me as soon as you see it in store. I will meet you there. <laughs> yeah. But the, I mean, I don't have a very big list. I feel like I'm always someone who's like, if I want to watch something, I turn it on and watch it right then. And yeah. Yeah. But I don't usually have a huge list either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's my short list for right now. I'm sure it'll grow as the year goes on. So our final article today is how Christians can support the Jewish community as anti-Semitism spreads. This is a Relevant Magazine article by Serene Hudson. 
Anti-Semitism, for those who don't know, is defined as hostility towards or discrimination against Jews as a religious, ethnic, or racial group. It has regained momentum in the 21st century. Recently, the director of the FBI flagged anti-Semitism as a pervasive and present fact and promised to combat the many recent threats of violent extremism. Overcoming this darkness involves all of us. The author of this article says education begins with listening well. They encourage people to talk to Jewish communities near them to find out how they can partner and engage with them, as well as talking about ways they can help push against anti-Semitism in schools and workplaces. Education is the first step we can take to learn how we can repair past breaches of trust. We learn by studying our past and by building relationships with the Jewish community in the present. So, I mean, I'm sure you've all seen how anti-Semitism has spread a lot recently, especially with things that uh, Kanye West specifically has said. But um, what did you guys think of the article and the ways that uh, this author was suggesting to push back against it well I love that quote that you mentioned about how education begins with listening well because um, you know there's a big difference in listening to actually understand someone or something than to respond with your opinion or you know what you think so I think slowing down and actually having those conversations where maybe um, you don't actually have part in the conversation where you're just <laughs> listening yeah. um, is super important because I think it's important to recognize that um, when people have been hurt um, you know, it's super dismissive to uh, say like, well, you know, it, it couldn't be that that, or I'm not like that or not all churches are like that or not all people like you're not listening. Yeah. You can't erase the past or pretend it didn't happen. But how do we repair that broken trust and build those relationships instead? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that it begins with listening. Mm -hmm. um, this is such an interesting just from where I'm at right now and what I'm learning this whole conversation of uh, you know anti-semitism because I, I think that um, there's a lot of ways that Christian churches have in a soft way um, sort of played into this um, by you know by the way that we've read and talk about the Bible I mean it our scriptures Christian scriptures Old and New Testament are Jewish mm -hmm. you know like the Old Testament are the Jewish scriptures. That's what they would consider their Bible. And our New Testament was written by all Jewish people. Mm -hmm. I mean, and news alert, Jesus was Jewish, right? Yeah, right? I mean, Gentiles, or another word for people that aren't Jewish, we are late to the party, mm -hmm. and we have been grafted into what God is doing from the beginning of time. So there was a schism and a splitting that happened between Judaism and Christianity um, probably 1,500 years ago, and that has led to a lot of Christians and Gentile Christians being like, oh, we'll take it from here. <laughs> and then we read into the way we read the Bible, the way we treat other Jew treat Jewish people, just sort of this negativity. Like, well, they missed the boat on Jesus, and so sorry about your <laughs> luck. We'll take it from here. When the beautiful vision that we get from the New Testament, and one of the main reasons Paul is writing these letters that are recorded for us in the New Testament is that he's talking about this new community that is being forged together, that the Spirit has forged together through Jesus of Gentile and Jewish. Not Jewish people becoming Gentile, and not Gentile people becoming Jewish, but this new community grafted together. 
and it's all written by Jewish men that we have in our New Testament. So um, I think the way that even Christians use the phrase like, or the word Pharisee, the way that we can put down like Jewish law and negative, negative tone we can have towards mm-hmm. things. It's not helpful. I mean, God made an irrevocable covenant with the people of Israel, and God's going to sort it all out, how it all works out at the end. <laughs> but um, there are brothers and sisters, and um, I know that I need to do a better job of listening and building those relationships um, because there's just a lot of soft anti-Semitism and then the stuff that we're seeing online and uh, people talking about that's just unacceptable if they were even if they weren't Jews if they were Muslim mm-hmm. or if they were of no faith like can we have some common dignity towards mm-hmm. all kinds of people which would be a beautiful thing but I think it is helpful just if you're a person of the Christian faith to understand that like we have been grafted into this very Jewish thing that God started with his nation of Israel and let's not have a superiority about us, but a humble spirit to uh, learn and listen and um, be brothers and sisters with these people instead of treating them like the other. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's, you know, always interesting to me when, you know, people of faith um, hate any group because Mm -hmm. that's literally, it doesn't add up to be a follower of Jesus and hate anyone people at at all regardless of what kind of group they are so I that is always very hard for me to see on the internet or hear people talk about too I just I'm like it it doesn't it doesn't add up Mm -hmm. if you call yourself a Jesus follower so sad yeah yeah and I've just noticed a lot lately where people seem to think they can say whatever they want and it when it's behind a screen Mm -hmm. and you know I see a lot of racism and anti-semitism and things like that on social media Mm -hmm. from like kids and it's they think they Mm -hmm. can get away with whatever they want and so i think yeah it it starts with listening and setting a good example especially for younger people where i see a lot of this coming from right now well you talk about kids Mm -hmm. where do you think they're hearing it (laughs) yeah Yeah. you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like where it's you can't blame a six-year-old kid for using right, a yeah. racial slur, can yeah. you? Mm-hmm. Because they've seen it. Exa- they've mm-hmm. seen an example. They've yeah. heard it from a, a loving or a, a adult that they trust. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so yeah, there's just so much. And again, it goes back to fear. Probably yeah. we don't understand, and so we demonize what we don't mm-hmm. understand, and we're mm-hmm. afraid of what we don't understand. Yeah. And it puts all these walls between whatever group you are with other groups of people. It's a tale as old as time. Mm-hmm. But it's the kind of thing that the message of Jesus actually started to obliterate in the first century and mm-hmm. that's why it was so explosive that's why paul was thrown into prison all over the place because he's hanging out at tables with mm-hmm. gentiles and he wasn't supposed to do that and he's encouraging others to be together in this new kind of family yeah so yeah it's the kind of thing that the message of, Ju- of jesus actually destroys mm-hmm. and so that's again another opportunity for us to live in a countercultural kind of way that's actually what we really long for yeah Well, thanks for joining us on another episode of Atypical Talk. If you have any topics you'd like us to talk about or any questions you have, you can email those to atypicaltalkpod at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at atypicaltalkpod. Make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. We hope that these conversations today have helped you think wider, love deeper, and partner with God to bring the up there down here in your everyday life. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.